Welcome to Autism for Badass Moms, the podcast for moms who are ready to reclaim their power and unleash their inner badass. I am Rashida Cartwright, your host, and like you, I am a mom of children living with autism. Together we will redefine what it means to be a mom raising children with autism, one badass step at a time. Ready to defy expectations, shatter glass ceilings, let us equip you with the tools and knowledge you will need to overcome life's challenges. So join us on this empowering journey to becoming a true badass mom, fierce, determined, and courageous. Welcome back to episode two. I am your host, Rashida, and today we are going to dive into the topic of resilience. It is a word that we often hear, but what does it truly mean? Resilience basically means having the ability to adapt and bounce back in the face of challenges. It's that inner strength that keeps us as autism moms going when faced with daily challenges. Now, at times, the hurdles can feel like an overwhelming uphill battle. So this resilience becomes so integral in the journey because of the complexities of the journey. And I know, and you know, that it's not easy always to tap into that inner strength to be able to maintain that resilience. Joining us today as a guest to add her experience and insights on the topic we have the incredible honor of welcoming Linda, who is a truly remarkable mom, a mom that I am so proud to call my friend and also mentor on this autism journey. As a single mother, Linda has faced numerous obstacles while raising her two amazing sons, ages 16 and 12. Along with the diagnosis of autism, each of her sons also have medical conditions one with a diagnosis of epilepsy and the other type one diabetes. Her unwavering love and tireless efforts have not only shaped the lives of her children, but have also inspired countless other moms on this autism journey. Listen, her journey is a testament to the unbeatable spirit of a mother who refuses to let circumstances define her and her children. Through the ups and downs, Linda has proven to be the epitome of resilience. She has not only embraced the challenges, but has triumphed over them with badass grace. But listen, it doesn't end there. Linda received her bachelor's in psychology with an emphasis on applied behavioral analysis. Linda has said that she is so lucky to have that knowledge to teach her boys in a way that they could learn to the best of their abilities. Not only is Linda an exceptional mother, but she is a true badass autism mom. So Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share a bit about your journey as a single mom raising two children with autism? Sure. So my oldest is 16. Um, he has epilepsy along with autism. Um, he is nonverbal, and he uses sign language to communicate, and he also has an iPad that he has a speaking program on there. Um, 
My other guy is 12, and he is autistic as well, and he has diabetes type 1. Um, he was diagnosed in December um, with that when he ended up in the ICU, mm-hmm. and he is partially verbal. Okay. You might be in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's and that's a, a lot there, right? We have to deal with the, the autism, but on top of that, having these medical conditions and just most recently finding out that your one son has diabetes. How do, how did that affect you? Um, that turned my world like upside down. It created complete chaos. Um, it created a an enormous amount of fear mm-hmm. because I didn't know how I was going to handle it. I didn't know where to start. I, the only thing I, I wasn't um, educated on diabetes. I didn't know anything about it. And I just didn't know who I could turn to. So that wrote on top of epilepsy, it was just, it felt like a, like a burden almost because now it's like, how do I handle this? How do I, how do I get through this? And, and, you know, to think how, how do you handle this and how do I get through it as common, um, you know, for us autism moms. And again, having to deal with multiple conditions on top of that, uh, it's challenging. I, I want to get into just some of the unique challenges you've faced um, and had to overcome during this journey we call autism. So with my oldest son having epilepsy, it's been a rough road because it's when he's learned certain things, he's had episodes in school, which have like, when I say episodes, I'm talking about seizures. Okay. Um, which triggers him to like lose some knowledge sometimes of the things that he's learned. So I don't know like how much he retains from let's say that day. Okay. So that's been a little bit of an issue Um, to refocus him, to readjust to that coming out of that um, has been sometimes challenging Um, because of autism. I haven't had in a sense of the experience of negative situations of with him as much as I have with my little guy. Okay. Um, because of the autism, it caused my son to elope from school um, because he's considered a, a, a flight risk, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an eloper. Um, so that um, was a challenge to get through as well because autism makes him not realize that you can't run into traffic. You can't, you know, just take off on your own. You have to wait for somebody. And that's just been very, very challenging. And we work on it all the time, you know, Um, and we just take it day by day. Can you take me back to uh, the the eloping? And I can't imagine how much anxiety that um, evoked in you. What at that time were you doing in order to get yourself through? Because I'm wondering, the fear of elopement, I'm sure it wasn't just at school, but in other uh, situations. Yeah. So I, after I calmed myself down and recentered, I started going through, I started off with home. If Because I said to myself, if he can get out at school, he can get out at home, mm-hmm. right? So I said, I have to make our home safe, right? Safe for him. So I just started going through my options. How do I maintain this? How do I keep him safe? So I got locks put on certain places in my house, certain types of locks for safety. Um, everywhere we go ahead of time, I make sure, like, let's say we're going to a relative's house. 
I call them from outside. I let everybody know that we're there. All locks on the doors are placed. When I get inside, I inform everybody, like if there's people there that are not familiar with us, that are like friends or whatever, I let them know, please don't let my son near the door. Okay. If you see him, just, you know, you can just hold him by the hand and say, come over here, buddy, or let's go a different direction or, you know, whatever the case may be. But most of the time I am on him. So I watch him. I said, I doubt that anybody's going to have to be involved to stop him from going out the door. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, I've been labeled by several people as a helicopter mom. I do it because I know that he can get out. I, I do it because I know my kids, right? And I feel like if you don't live it, you don't know it. And you shouldn't be labeling anybody. Whether, you know, you think you don't, you don't know. So calling me a helicopter mom is not something I take lightly. Um, it's upsetting because you don't know the risk, the, the severity. My son actually just got out um, beginning of August. Okay. We were at my parents' house and the room was full of people. I was coming through the kitchen going into that room mm -hmm. and I was told he got out. So I started freaking out and I ran outside. Everybody ran outside and he actually ran across the street to, and tried getting into the house across the street. So when, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it sounds very disheartening to you are trying to create safety for your child and to have another individual say, oh, my goodness, you're too much on top of your child. Uh, I can't imagine how devastating that felt because, you know, in, in the sense, you need to feel safe as well. And so creating right. that safety within your home. And also, I just love how you brought in your supports and family and just kind of looped them into how they can also help you to feel safe and creating a safe environment for your son to have someone else place their opinion on you. How did you, how, when that opinion is in people do have opinions when, when it happens, how do you digest that? Um, at the beginning, uh, before my second son was born, um, I was upset with people's opinions, right? Because I felt like when they would make comments, they were like, almost like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like they just, I, it made me feel very uncomfortable because they were making comments based on what they saw my son's behaviors or with stimming. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, and I would, I would say negative things like, you know, you know, why are you staring? You know, he's autistic or whatever. Um, but now as time has gone on, I turn those people that say things or look, um, I educate them because sometimes people don't, people can be ignorant mm -hmm. and they don't mean to be sometimes, at least that's the way I would like to think it. I don't like to think that people are rude and mean anymore. Um, I definitely have a whole different outlook now, um, now that I've traveled the autism road mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I like to educate people. And matter of fact, I ran into a mother um, two weeks ago at a hair salon. And she was saying that she is reacting the same way I used to react when she goes out with her son. Okay. And I let the, her know, educate, 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 be nice. You know, maybe some people have never seen autism before. You know, it's not their fault. You know, just let them know what it is and let them know why your child acts that way. And I've done that. And I find it that once I do that, people are more accepting than they were at the beginning with the evil looks I was getting. Mm. Then they, their facial expression completely changes. And I like so what, I, I do like what you said 
with the you, being more understanding of that they do not know. And unfortunately, right, the, the faces, I mean, that's you know, not okay. Right. But you, instead of just letting that consume you and like, oh my gosh, they're saying I'm this and I'm that because, you know, I don't do this for my child or I'm overprotecting my child. And just changing that and teaching, making it a teachable moment. Right. And for you, it sounds like you've seen a change in the other individual's demeanor. I mean, that's amazing. And I and it probably took a while to get to that place where you where you felt, OK, like I'm this is not OK. I'm going to educate and, you know, whether you accept this or not, it's not your place to accept my child or make judgments on my child. It definitely took time, it but I'm time. glad that I did get there because I didn't like the way I was feeling um, when I saw that people were reacting the way they were. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't live life like this, like being upset everywhere I go. You know, we all have struggles and we all have rights to be where we're at. Right. So make the best out of it when you can. And I found that being positive and, and telling people definitely makes every place I go a lot better. I like how you said being positive. Um, and having that that attitude, I I, I want to you know talk more about that because you're a very resilient person. I hope you you know that you're you're very 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 much so. Um, but I know we defined it in the beginning. But what does that mean to you? How do you define that for yourself? Um, I feel like I am an army of one. <laughs> I've taken down, as I say, right. I've gone up against the child study team. Um. I've been told no several times with the school system um, <clears throat> for things such as, for example, my son having his own para, right? Para is a paraprofessional. Mm -hmm. They assist the teachers in the classroom. So um, we used to call them teacher's aides, right? Yes. Um, now they're paraprofessional. And when I became um, a new, I guess, member of the community, because I came from an outside district, we had moved here, I informed the school you know, that my kid needs certain things and they denied it. And then unfortunately, um, I had to keep going. I had to keep making phone calls because I knew that if I didn't, we could probably have a serious problem. So, and unfortunately we did, right? He got out. So I don't take anything as like, I don't like the answer. No, I got to mm -hmm. keep going, mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't fight for your kids, who will, right? You're their voice, right? So I just got to keep going. I just, I don't like to hear no as an answer when it comes to my boys. And then you just got to go with it, you know? So not accepting no. And no. and also to the, the, just keep going, keep going. Does that pl play a no. part in your resilience of telling yourself, like, just keep going? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you say keep going, you say it with positivity, like keep going, mm -hmm. like you will get to where you have to be, but you have to do it with positivity because if you're upset when you're doing things, you're not going to get anywhere, right? You're not going to get people's attention, right? You're not going to get people to listen to you, but you got to keep going and you kill them with kindness. That's what I always say. <laughs> and that's, and, and so. that's very affirming. Keep going. Just ha being able to tell yourself that. So when those obstacles come, Instead of it letting allowing it to consume you in a negative way, it's I'm telling myself 
just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And it, and it seems like that's what's definitely helped you along this journey. Because again, Absolutely. you know, the journey for the journey, the autism journey is very complex and it comes with various um, behaviors and um, challenges. Um, I know at one point we had spoken, one of your sons with eating um, and right. I don't know if you want to share with the audience a little bit about that. Um, which one, because they both have eating issues, which one, the allergies, the, the several well, allergies, you or like the fact share, that he doesn't eat anything. <laughs> well, if you'd like to share about both, because that's, that's also another, uh, challenge that they face as, as well as you having to find resources. Yeah. So the challenging, let's start with my youngest one, the one that has type one diabetes. He is allergic to, um, soy, egg, sesame all legumes, all tree nuts, um, chickpea, peas, um, basically any type of um, things that you find in everyday things, mm -hmm. right? So on top of that, he also has feeding sensory issues, meaning he doesn't just try food, right? You have to present it. He's got to touch it. He's got to smell it. You got to place it on your face a few times. You got to place it on the lips. Then you place it on the tongue. It's a long process and it took me about a year and a half in order for him just to try a sweet potato. Yeah, and wow. once, yeah, once we got there, then we went on to chicken fingers and it has to be a specific chi uh, chicken finger. Um, it can't be a different brand. Um, again, that is sensory issue. So on top of him with the diabetes, the protein that he needs, I can't get him to eat it because that's a feeding issue again. So he's also allergic to fish, right? So his levels of, you know, glucose have been all over the place because I'm trying to find proteins, but okay. he's allergic to everything. So that's very challenging. So how do I introduce a new food when everything contains these things that he's allergic to? Again, I keep going. <laughs> so I just take it one day at a time. So you keep My going. My other son, he used to, he's not allergic to anything, but he has the same issue as far as trying new things. He won't. So I have to do the same thing with him, smell it, touch it, pat it, you know, all that mm -hmm. good stuff and just try to take it one day at a time. You know, autism is its own, you know, its own thing with everybody. Yes. It's like, they, you know, you meet one person with autism, that's one person and there is no two alike. And Absolutely. it is so true. Absolutely. I, I mean, and each individual is unique um, yes. with their needs. And, you know, I do hate when people clump them like, oh, you know, your child's autistic and do they do X, right. Y? No, they, my children don't do that. I'm sorry. Right. They don't. They don't do that. Uh, so when you are, you know, a new thing arises, right? Again, wh whether it's a medical condition, an allergy, who do you have in your corner, if you have anyone to just say, you know what, it's going to be okay, I have um, friends that have children with special needs. Um, I reach out to them. I've also reached out to a hotline. Mm -hmm. um, can I give that name? Sure. <laughs> so it's mom to moms. Um, they have been very helpful. They call me. You can set it up whatever way you want. Um, monthly, weekly, every other month, whatever it is that you feel. And the people that are talking to you are living the same thing you're living, mm. right? So when you speak to them, it just helps you get through those tough moments. 
So, and having friends that understand, because there's a difference of having a family member who doesn't know anything about autism. So mm-hmm. I can't go there. Okay. So I always go to my friends. So in the beginning of this journey, when you got the diagnosis and as time was, was going by, did you ha- did you find it difficult finding other moms or other parents who got it, who related? So the I'll tell you what happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. The when my oldest son got diagnosed, my sister, um, her little boy, who's a grown man now, <laughs> was in um, Boy Scouts. And in that troop was a little boy who was on the spectrum. Mm. And my sister reached out to his mother. She called me that night and we stayed on the phone for four hours. And she walked me through life and she said to me, um, because her son was eight at that time. And um, I just didn't know because the doctors had told me your child will never do these things, right? Mm. X, Y, Z. Right. And to this day, he's done all those things and more. So she had said to me, don't worry. Um, life is going to be okay. You're going to get through it. There will be hills, but you will get over them. And she walked me through everything, every every question that I had. Mm-hmm. I had more fears because I I was grieving, right? The loss, because when you have a kid, right, you have all these hopes and dreams that they're going to be whatever you think, right? Yes, yes. So now I, I was almost like grieving like, a, like I lost a child, right? Because it's just not going to be the way I thought it would be. So thank you to her. She calmed me down and she got me through those moments. And then we did early intervention, right? So then early intervention stepped in. And when I needed somebody to hear my questions, they were there. And then when he started school at three, then I started meeting other parents that way. Okay. But the parents were all special needs parents. So we all ask each other questions and we're always there for each other. And that's the only way that's getting me through, you know, and I'm very, very thankful that this road has made me humble in a way I can't describe. Um, I'm very thankful because everybody I've met has been amazing. And and that touches me. Um, And we've known each other for a very long time. And I feel like um, I had moved uh, from another county, um, and you were one of the first people that I met, um, which is amazing. You made me want to tear up too, uh, because aside from looking at you as like my bomb friend that I have, who's a badass, I look at you as a mentor, and and your strength is is a lot of what keeps me going, or because you keep it real. Thank it's you. Good. And I that, do. <laughs> and, and you know the power of words, right? And I know you would always like say, "It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay." And that that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. And I think about that woman that you met early on in the autism journey who said, "Don't worry. It's gonna be okay." And here's some resources and how right. that most likely changed the tra- trajectory. It absolutely did. Yeah. It absolutely. I left that phone call with such a peace that I was just like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it has been. It really has been. I, Even through our darkest moments, our, our, our hospital visits, our, you know, whatever the case has been, I can say that I'm blessed because I don't want to say, oh, it can always be worse. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's it's okay. Right. Because I'm noticing that 
parents. It doesn't matter if your child is special needs. You're a parent, right? Mm -hmm. So I, for example, I always thought because my kids, you know, they only eat those certain things, right? And I was on Facebook one day, and this is this is funny, right? And I see parents posting that, you know, neurotypical children they have, and they say, my kid's eating me out of house and home, right? Because they're not in school. <laughs> or, you know, they, they want their special snacks or whatever. And I thought that because my life was so like a hamster wheel, like always constantly the same thing, that I thought that that was just the life of an autistic person's family. No, that's the life of a parent, you know, mm-hmm. when kids just have their own behaviors and their own things. And it just makes me feel like I'm not alone. It's not anymore of I'm not a parent of a neurotypical kid. I'm a parent, you know? Right. And we're all parents. And it's just I am very blessed that we make it through every day. And it's okay. It's going to be okay. And you're right. There's so much power in community of having a, a bigger support system, of having other in moms who can say, yeah, I get it. Uh, it's okay to feel what you feel. Yeah. Uh, there's times where there's things that I you know, want to say and then I feel sh- oh, maybe shameful about it that, oh, I shouldn't be saying that. But then I have like great moms who are just like, girl, I felt that way too. It's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. Yes. Just to have someone else validating your feelings you're experiencing. There's just so much power in that and to know that hey at the end of the day if i need to just cry or or they're there absolutely they're, they're yeah. there they are there even in the middle of the night they are there they are there <laughs> yes they are there and so i, I you know i and the power of being a single mom and raising two boys again with various conditions People would say out there, like, how does she do it? Do you, what's, what is, the, how does I she get do that it? a lot. Yeah. I get that a lot. A lot of people, you know, when they find out that I have two autistic children, they, the first thing they say is, oh, I'm sorry. Hmm. Why are you sorry? Don't be sorry. You know, don't be sorry. There's no, there's nothing to be sorry about. We just have a different journey. We have to take things differently. You know, don't be sorry. It's okay. You know, some people can't have children. I am blessed that I have two, right? It's just a different road a little bit. You know, my road curves a little Mm -hmm. bit. I'm going straight. It's okay. (laughs) It's all right. And I look at them and I'm very proud of them because they have, they have gone beyond what I was told they would never be able to do. And seeing that growth helps me get through the next day. I always say it's like Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Because I get presents like every day. Because I see what they're doing and I'm so surprised. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's amazing. You know, you did this, you did that, you completed a math, you know, you, you read a sentence, you, little things like that are just what keeps me going because I know that they're, they're going to be okay. Just keep going and seeing that helps me keep going. So those victories, you know? those victories uh, that happen. And again, uh, shame on that person who said to you, that they will never be able to. Oh, I hate that. Yes. They yes, will that's never absolutely. be able to. Don't ever believe that. Like these new moms that are getting diagnosed, you know, I had somebody call me um, because she has her little boy was diagnosed and she would, was also told he will never do this. He will never do that. Well, that child now starts ABA. And guess what? He is talking, mm. you know, wow. and I, I told her, I said, 
it's going to be all right. Don't listen to doctors. You will find the strength to keep going when you see your child progressing. It's going to be all right. And that, that's what it is. And I think that's with any parent, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you see your kid do something and accomplish things, makes you feel great, you know? Yes. So you just keep going. That gives you the energy to keep going. Yes. And and sometimes we internalize other people's stories. Yes. Other peop- and, and so it's very important, especially early in uh, the journey, to be able to create your own story. Because if you or even I have had, you know, there was many times where they said your son is not going to be able to do this. And, oh, I don't know. We're not too sure. If yes. I if I allowed that to be, I would have manifest. And I'm a big fan of manifestation. I would have manifested that. Oh, he's not going to be able to. So why try? So right. Why try? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't ever, don't ever think that, um, you know, your child can't do something. They may not be able to do it today or tomorrow. My son, the 16 year old. Okay, we've been going at tying his shoes since he was little. Do you know? that he can tie his shoes now. Wow. that's okay. amazing. It's been one year mm. and he can tie his shoes. And that, that was like, that was a big moment for us. You know, that was like all cries and tears mm-hmm. and hugging. He's like, I mean, I'm walking. welling up right now just thinking about it. You know? But he did it. So like, yeah, it took a little longer, but he's there. And I don't want anybody to be discouraged. Keep going. Your kid will get there. And so what if it's not today or tomorrow? Where does it say in the rules that your kid has to do all these things, right? Where? It doesn't say it anywhere. And part of that resilience piece is that, like you said, that that keep going. Because as the, we go through the journey with our children or if you have an, a, a, an adult who um, is on this, the spectrum, we, through these obstacles, almost like build like more muscle, uh, so to say, Mentally, absolutely, yeah. The, you know, the, our mental s- strength is just keeps getting better. We're able to navigate. Oh, I've gotten through this. I know I can get through this. That's right. You know, so it's like so for moms that may be out there and and maybe feeling like very like overwhelmed and and again, it's a very overwhelming and anxiety provoking, but also a uh, beautiful. Um, gift to have the the children that we we have that you're not alone and that you dictate the story you are the you dictate that story of what is going to be don't let another person tell you what your story what your journey or what your child's journey will be and that is difficult it's very difficult and that's why it's important to have some badass autism moms with you because they'll tell you and they'll tell you about their fight and their journey. And I know you talked about like the you know, school and child study teams. That's a whole battle within itself. Yeah. That's a whole oh, yeah. battle within itself. Can you, um, I want to talk a little bit about self-care and people laugh at the self-care. And when I, when I bring that up, because I always get the, who has time for that? <laughs> who got time for some self-care i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta do this and then the unfortunate thing is that when we're not taking care of ourselves or finding that 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 bit of time then there's that resentment that can ensue sadness 
depression and things of that sort. And so has your what has your journey been? Um, what How do you feel about the self-care as itself? And so I was thinking exactly like you, who has time for that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have time for that. By the time there's time for that, I'm tired. I'm falling asleep. Right. <laughs> and um, as I noticed, I needed it. Right. The self-care. I needed it. I need to refocus. Right. So like in a moment that let's say your child's having um, a moment of their own. Right. They're having outbursts or whatever. And you're you're trying to deal with it the best you can. And you have to recenter yourself. And I found like I do like a five, four, three, two, one type thing. So um, I was introduced to this like a while ago. So I do like, for example, like I stop what I'm doing and I think of let's say five states, right? And mm-hmm. I say this mentally in my head, I name five states in my head. Then I do, let's say four things I can physically see in the room that I'm at, right? Three things that I love, right? It could be anything. I can mm-hmm. love food, I can love flowers or whatever it is, three things that I love, right? Then I'll be like two places that I want to visit. I mean, that can be anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just running through the list of two places. But while I'm thinking of the places, I'm seeing them, right? I'm seeing that yes. beautiful palm tree and that beautiful water, you know? So everything that I'm seeing, the, like the five, four, three, as I'm counting down, I'm seeing them in detail in my head, right? It's calming me down. And then the one thing I always say is the one thing that I love the most, right? That always focuses me back to mm-hmm. my kids, right? Yes. What's the one thing I love my kids, right? Yeah. So it brings me back. And I do that all the time when I'm like, stress and I don't have that you know that me time that I have to like go out or get my nails done or whatever um because some people do that too you know self-love but when I don't have those moments I do the countdown Ooh. and you know and, that's what I do and there's a name for that I don't know if people out there uh mindfulness so that's like the big the big thing now yeah. and and the the power of mindfulness is basically being able to stay in the moment. Because I always say, like, if we start focusing on the things in the past, I'm surely depressed. And if I start fast forwarding to things that haven't happened years from now, I'm anxious. So the only safe place to be is in the middle, which is the the now, the the moment. And the five, four, three, two, one is activating all your senses. And there's something to that. Uh, that being it because one it's a distraction because you are you know some people are look like you said looking at a couple of things that you can see what you can feel what you can taste it's it's bringing you back to the present and right. it's it's difficult to be anxious or depressed when you're in that kind of state i also love how you talked about visualization so when you're not able to to get out and do the little things that you'd want to do, that you could take a vacation in your home, right? I'm gonna, you know, shoot. I'm like sitting in Jamaica, you know, a couple of days. <laughs> a couple of days, I'm sitting in Jamaica. I'm like, I'm in Kingston, okay. <laughs> and you feel it, right? Like you feel everything. It, it ignites your senses, and again, that brings you back to the moment. Right. And you're still home and you're still with your child and everything is still safe. And it's still safe. But yeah, you just got that moment for yourself. And so So. what I'm what I'm getting from you, Linda, is that we have to be creative. Right. When it comes to our taking care of our needs, we have to be very creative because, again, you know, some of us have multiple children who need our attention. Uh, We may have a spouse that needs our attention. Uh, so we can be drawn into so many different places, but the the power of 
how can I in this moment or in this day find a moment for me? Um, I could say my moment, my my moment moment for me um, used to be the bathroom. You know, that used to be the safe place. I would just go to the bathroom, just dip off and uh, go in there until they found me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they knew, like, are you really in the bath? Are you really doing it? Yes, I'm in the bathroom. And they just stand there. And I was like, oh, this, oh. Is, this is not working for me no more. Um, I've also heard some moms say that, uh, let's say they're like working. And even before they, they go inside the house, they'll sit in the car and they'll just kind of like do some breathing, recenter themselves to give them some space between, again, working, you know, Working and, and again, having kids is working, too. Uh, and I had a friend who did that, and she had to stop doing that because the kids then found her. They would look out the window, and they, there's mommy's car. There's mommy's car. So now she, like, five blocks down, she's uh, doing her moment. So that's amazing. And I'm so happy that you're able to find, again, those creative ways to pri prioritize you. Yeah, they definitely helped me. So... Before we, this is wonderful. Before we go, and in true badass mom fashion, what advice would you give other moms who are just starting this journey? Um, that's a good question. Um, don't only associate yourself with parents whose children just got diagnosed as well. Okay. Even if there's an age difference between you and that other parent, Ask them questions, right? Because they're ahead of you on this journey. Mm -hmm. To ask them those questions. A person that just got diagnosed is not going to know that, right? It's great, though, to have that family, right? Because now you can grow together down the journey, right? Okay. And feed off each other. But the important thing is, is that if you familiarize yourself with what other families are going through, you're preparing yourself for if and when that happens to you, right? You might have to tweak it a little bit, but you see how they took care of it. Like, let's say they were looking for a specialist, you know, because mm -hmm. their child didn't do this. At least, you know, oh, if my child is not developing or doing something as by whatever, I need to call early intervention. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like just like different things. Take their words. Learn from them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't think that the world is over because you have a diagnosis. You may grieve the child that you lost. Right. Like I said earlier. Um, and you will have moments that you will cry. You know, we all do. I still do. There's not every day is not a great day, right? Yes. But that's just a bump. That's a moment. That doesn't mean your life is bad. Don't think life is bad because you're having a bad moment. It's not. It's just a moment. You know, keep going. They're, they're, like I say, the waves only go so high before they come down and they crash and you start again. Whoa, right? I love that. Love so, that. It's like, and some people be like, well, tsunamis are high. Well, I know that. <laughs> But at the end, they still have the same outcome. They go away. Just like the moment that you're having that's rough, it goes away. Wow. It's going to be right. Wow. So, be so Linda, this this was absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm just loving all the gems that you dropped during um, our time together. Uh, just the, the value in learning from others, you know, especially others who may be a couple of steps ahead of us, right? And also not allowing the words that we say to have power over us. Life, just because we're having a situation as overwhelming 
that's a moment, like you said. doesn't mean it's a bad life because when we then start put that blanket label on it, again, I talk about manifesting, we look for things that are going to confirm that in the universe. So, I mean, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Linda, for joining us today and sharing your journey. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. We'd love to have you back. Anytime. Awesome. I want to also thank my listeners out there. Uh, we invite you to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your preferred platform is. Please, please subscribe and put a review because this is this is a bomb badass show. Uh, and by subscribing, you really do help us grow as a community and also to reach even more badass moms. So again, thank you for listening and we'll see everyone next episode. Guess what, ladies? The excitement doesn't end here. We're always on the lookout for badass moms. So if you or someone you know has a remarkable story to share, we want to hear from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, simply visit our website at www.autismforbadassmoms.com and fill out that guest application form. We review each submission carefully and select guests who align with our show's objectives. Remember, this is your chance to share your badass journey, so don't miss out on this incredible opportunity.